Hi, this is uh, Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is episode 16, uh, Two Teachers Talking. Uh, Charles and I get together to talk about teaching. Uh, teaching in English, different ideas, things that work, things that don't, uh, things that just baffle us. And uh, today we're going to be talking about um, uh, things that we do and the things that we say that we do and how those things might be a little bit different. Oh, you mean two hypocrites talking? Two hypocrites talking. That's, that's And I would like to introduce our guest, our <laughs> guest today who will be taking our place while we talk about this topic. Oh, this is the one that hurts. Yeah, yeah. some yeah, some uh, some shameless, shameful uh, self-reflection. Is that what we're going to do? I guess I don't know. Is that in our contract? We're going to come do, clean. Wait, and we have it in the contract that um, I have to come clean, or you? You're going to have to come clean. Do we really have to? Okay, uh, that's a great question. And this might be, and this might be the show in which we, uh, you know, ruin our careers. We'll never be hired after this show. Yes, right. Only, only. <laughs> so, all three listeners out there, <laughs> please take your notes. Okay, so this is the one, I guess, where it's what we say we do and how we carry ourselves, acting as like teachers, et cetera, et cetera, and then the reality of what happens. What happens when you close that door <laughs> and you're in front of your own classroom and how that, how that seems to change the persona that you like to project. It's it's really it's that's really true, isn't it? But that also, I think, um, I, as I've gotten older, I mean, I've really tried to cut that down in my regular life, mm. also, right? I think that's part of just who we are as people, right? Is that we're always well, trying sure. To portray you get older, ourselves. you get more experience, you're you're yes. more mature, you're more secure, and yeah, okay. you don't you don't care so much. Right? Yeah. Well, why don't we start off with the pinnacle of hypocrisy, which is I think, and this is going to go back to the interview. No names, no Charles. No names. No names. No names. Okay. My <laughs> no, name is no the names. Tony, of I thought you were, no I thought names. You were out Tony. Somebody. The best place where I think that hypocrisy really exposes itself is, I think, in the interview. Okay, sure. Absolutely. Right. You know, I mean, that's the one where, you know, you get asked the question, how do you motivate completely low level students who have no interest in English? And my attitude, the, the honest answer is just get put them on task and hope that they learn as much as possible and, you know, keep it interesting for them instead of, you know, well, I really try to find out what's motivating each one of them. And then I um, create a class that is tailored to their interests. Yep. Right. I think that's a, such a common answer. That's well, almost they're, never. Well, they're, they're, when they're, their interest is like the end of class, and it's, you're not really that far off the mark. Right, right, right. So, of course, there is the issue of what we say in the interview, but I think what we're really talking about is what we really believe as teachers and how we see ourselves, right? Yeah. And, and then we, what uh, really happens. So, okay. And how we'd like, you know, how we see ourselves and how we'd like to see ourselves and yeah. what we admit to and what we don't admit to. And all that, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Okay, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, a real a, a basic one, and this is, um, is something that, you know, we, teaching 101, right? Um, uh, in your classes and things, so just like using student names. And, you know, of course, uh, you, you know, uh, address a student by their names and things. I've got a hole in my brain that's got to be, you know, I don't know, it's probably as big as one of my ears that um, all the names just fall right out. I cannot remember a name to save my life. And that's even in English now, let alone a Japanese name, which uh, are so uh, similar um, or they can be at times. And, um, yeah, I mean, with the number of students I've got, but that, that's that's an excuse. I just can't remember a name. 
Well, I mean, how many students do you have, though? Yeah, well, I've got... Mm, I think, in a week. I think it's in about 600. Okay, so you're supposed to remember 600 students for 15 <laughs> weeks, who you see for 15 times during the year, right? Well, you're and, not, yeah, you're not, you're, 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 yeah, you are supposed to. I mean, you can't, but you're supposed to. Okay, well, which and, students' names do you remember? Uh, well, of course, as I always tell them, when they get, you know, they, they're hurt when I can't remember their names. And I says, I remember the really good ones and I remember the really bad ones. <laughs> and if you're in the middle, if I, don't really, the... if I don't know your name, you're safe. <laughs> okay, if I don't know your name, you're either passing, and but you're not getting an A and you're not, you know, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. The, the name one is, I used to spend time. At the beginning of every class, even with 20 students, learning all the students' names, spend 10 minutes, right? Mm. You know, and doing the first person, ask a question, then go back and get their names. And then by the time the next week shows up, I can remember one student's name or only two students' names. And it's just too painful. Mm. And my, I think I say to them, hey, you know, I because mean, I do that too. You should always use your teacher, you know, students' names as much as possible, right? Sure. And I never do, you know, because I just have too many students, except for the ones who I get repeats. Mm-hmm. So either talk to me, make me remember you, do something that makes me remember you. Okay, so names, right? That's always the humanistic kind of be respectful and interested in your students, right? Mm. Mm. But I, I think a lot of people don't do that. But I don't want to do the name card thing. I hate that. You know where people, uh, the teach, yeah, you know, you have the yeah, students yeah. put their name card in front of them? Yeah. I, um, we, we talked early on about the use of spreadsheets and um, one of the advantages of pages over Excel for the spreadsheet. Right, was the pictures. Having the photos in there, and that helps, like, you know, when you do roll or when you're doing grading and things. That helps immeasurably. Um, mm. But if you don't have it in front of you, it's, it's, it's much, much harder. Yeah. But, but it helps, though. It does help. Well, at my main school, I, I found out that um, they have the, the roll sheets with, in PDF form with the pictures. Oh, and I just have to log into the That's civilized. The, log into the website, right? And then mm. just check, click on that class, and then suddenly there it is. Mm. But it still makes it hard. But again, it's the students I've had for a year, or you know, a whole year or two years that I remember. And um, so, okay, so names is one thing that we do. Uh, another, um, another basic one, you know, especially for us, for us here in Japan, is like use of Japanese in the classroom. Yeah. Um, you know, it, with a, a lot of the kids that you teach, that the level isn't there, and um, no matter how good of a teacher you are, how good of an explainer you are, um, there you're, there are going to be days you're going to you're going to need to explain it in Japanese. Yeah, well, you it's know, just efficiency, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I've never understood that argument. I mean, that ideally you should be using the target language, but at some point in time, if it, it's going to take me two minutes to explain something in English and five seconds to use the exact word in Japanese, a corresponding Japanese word, why wouldn't you save the minute and a half? Sure. sure but sure. I don't. I don't think I ever claim that I am one of those. That's not something I'm a hypocrite about. I never say I never use Japanese in class. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I don't say that about myself either. However, interesting there is um, one of my schools. Their their policy is for a, um, one of the classes that I teach. Yeah, no Japanese. I teach Te- teacher or students. Yes, I have one part time job where the policy is everything is in English. Do yeah. not use Japanese. But that's um, I don't know. That's I think it's a guidance more than a rule. <laughs> my favorite topic now. <laughs> nice interpretation, ver- there, Charles. Yes, right. <laughs> guidance versus a rule. <laughs> Well, you 
know, a lot it's of an advisory. Would... It's a, uh, yes, officer. Oh, I, I that was that, a rule. That's I thought a rule. it was a, red a, a suggestion. I thought it was just a suggestion. Mile an hour was it's a suggestion. Well, I think actually, I think speed limits in Japan are suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, um, I, I know, you know, for those of you who are living in Kan Kansai who are driving, right? When I go down, right, um, Route Forty Three, you know, the road between like Osaka to Kobe, mm. and it's like a four lane wide road underneath the the Hanshin Expressway, and the speed limit's forty kilometers an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a little insane, but okay. So things are like English. What about, um, for me, for example, I, I really try to, I think I consider myself to be an understanding and patient teacher. <laughs> yeah. And then I have like, you know, the, as you, the, I'm going to quote you, I have an epic struggle every Monday morning with one class. It's the first class I teach every week. And these students just have zero interest in English. They have no confidence. And, you know, half of them actually miss the class and then show up the next week and say they overslept for a second period class. <laughs> and I just, I, I can't maintain a positive attitude towards them after a while. It's really hard. And I find myself scolding them because they don't understand the importance of English or the seriousness of being a student. And there I am, the grumpy old guy, <laughs> which is not how I, you know, that's not how I'd introduce myself. Hi, my name is Charles and I'm a grumpy old guy in the classroom. Yeah, so. there, there, there are certain, and not to put it all on the classes, but uh, yeah. There, oh, yes, there, I would put it all on the classes. It's, <laughs> it's but there, are, there are classes that do bring that out in you. I've got, I've got, well, we talked about this specific class that you've got, and it's also, I also have a problem class first period on Monday. And, uh, but they're not, they're, they're not exactly the same as yours. They are uh, just very, very quiet. And they're not dis- you know, they're not uninterested. They're not, they're somewhat motivated. They're just, very, they just don't talk, uh, and they're English majors. And they just don't talk, and so that's that just that class's personality. Um, but I do this semester. I do have another class that I think is probably a little bit closer to the one that you're describing. Um, yeah, non-majors, uh, lowest among the lowest levels um, uh, tracked at this at this particular university. And yeah, they we begin every class. They well, they begin every class at at a big disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's they interesting. But I, I I walk into that class loaded, and it's like, okay, what are you gonna what are you gonna throw at me today? And then and maybe they're thinking the same thing. I don't know. Well, I think the thing that I hate about myself is that I walk in every morning smiling. I really do that. You know, I try to be a happy oh, teacher. You know, I, I have, have liquid my... in my mouth, Charles. <laughs> when you walk into class, no. when you said that, did you walk into class? I really almost shut out my nose. I don't, I don't know why you don't believe me about that. <laughs> but I walk into every class happy and smiling. You know, mm. good morning, everybody. How are you? You know, if it's a beautiful day, I start off the class with, "It's a beautiful day. Why are you here?" Um, you know, I'm generally happy in the classroom. Though I know you find that hard to believe because I'm not a get down. You know, I like getting things done. Don't get me wrong. But I walk into class smiling. I go, okay, today I'm not going to scold them. Today I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be patient. I'm not going to get upset that these guys just, you know, give me nothing back. And I think that's it, is that they don't give me anything back. Mm. It's not mm. that they're quiet or shy or – and low level has – and the level has nothing to do with it. That I can really swear to, that – I've had some low-level students who just really wanted to do their best and try, and I love those classes. But I walk in, and I, this class, by the way, is not streamed. 
so I, it's a totally mixed up class. They're just ah. assigned by student number. So the range of levels is from students who can talk to you to a student who can't even say, you know, I didn't do the homework and I just get flustered and frustrated and I end up, you know, this is, I think, what's the phrase? I end up just going on autopilot or phoning it in because mm. there's nothing I do that traditionally works with these students. Mm. They can't do pair work, right? And I'm well, also they supposed, won't. right, or they won't. Yeah. I don't even know. They won't even talk to each other, I think. Some of them really are not even friendly in Japanese or yeah, talkative it's an, it's, in sometimes Japanese. Sometimes it's, it's a very interesting set of problems yes. that you walk into, and okay. unraveling what those problems are okay. uh, can be a challenge all by itself. But my image of myself is that I can unravel any problem. <laughs> right? You know, it's like, okay, I've been teaching long enough that you give me any situation, I can find a solution. And I actually, I mean, I've actually said that in interviews, right? Mm. That I have enough experience now that you can throw any class at me and I can teach it, which I still believe it. But now I have to put an asterisk next to it and put well, teach it well. So that's, I think, is, you know, I don't, I don't, I lose my friendliness. I lose my calmness, my patience with students. And I end up um, saying, okay, well, there's nothing I do works, so let's just go to traditional, boring kind of activities. Yeah, well, let's, yeah, let's just the, get that on the table. We all lose our patience. Uh, yeah. yeah. We all lose our patience. No, I don't. That's what we're supposed to be talking about is hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah, we, that's what we no, say. No, we don't lose that's our patience. That's what we right. say. Well, that's right, what right. we're saying today, right? But, yeah, yeah, we all lose our patience. Yeah. Um, and some classes are really good at, at pushing the buttons that, that make us do so. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, and even even the it doesn't need to be the, you know, a problem class or just some classes. Then some days, certain perfect storm sets up, and it's like, yeah, it's like okay, time to punt. Mm. And um, you, you know, you put on autopilot. Say okay, out, you know, take out a piece of paper. <laughs> that's, that's the phrase. Take out a piece of paper. Right. And, it's writing exercise time, right? Yeah, I want you to write a. <laughs> Letter to all the words you learn. It got to be at least fifty. I've never done that, but that's a good one. Well, be page sixteen. Take the ten longest words and make sentences with them. I I don't know. I've never rewrite these. You know, rewrite the sentences on page seventeen of the textbook into past tense. Right, stuff like that. Sure. You know, but I, and I hate it when I do that. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's frustrating because it's, that's true. It's a, I'm not it's being a, a hypocrite here. Because regardless of what you say when you leave the classroom, you know, as a teacher, I mean, it's, that's an admission of failure. Yeah, you've given yeah, I, you've given up. Yeah, exactly. I so we, I've given up. I mean, you know, whatever. I'm not. I'm not saying you. No, you I'm gave up. You <laughs> gave up. Never me. Remember, I, I have. I have given up. I Remember, have. I'm a guest on this show. <laughs> you are too. <laughs> the actual Charles and Tony are not here because they would never make a mistake. But right. I hate when I do that, but sometimes I get so I'm, – I'm, okay, after all the years of teaching, I feel like I've got a pretty good toolkit, okay? Mm. You know, I could really reach in and I can improvise. I really – you know, in, in a lot of ways, I just need a general outline of a course, and I can go in and teach it 15 times and move those students to, you know, some reasonable communicative competence if it's, you know, a speak, let's say a speaking class or a writing mm. class, whatever. But sometimes you just sit there and it's just like – I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know how to make this interesting or nor meaningful. And, you know, that's when you do that, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. You get, you look at a page in the textbook and there's a reading thing and you give them the thing to read, then pick the, you know, vocabulary you don't know. 
get your dictionaries out, write the definitions for things, right? Mm. Mm. I hate it when I do that. Yeah. yeah. God, I hate myself. I feel like garbage. Of you know, doesn't happen that often, but you know when it does. Mm. Mm. There was um, we, we early on we were talking about this problem class that you had, and we talked, and you were saying that it wasn't a question of level, and I and and sometimes it's not, but sometimes we can. I think the te- we the teacher can make a mistake um, in accurately gauging the level. Oh, not the okay. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes, I've yes. had what I thought was a one of these problem classes and until uh, I I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm taking credit for this because I don't know how it happened and I can't repeat it <laughs> it just happened somehow I just let them explain to me or show me what they were capable of doing and how they wanted to or needed to be taught Hmm. Um, cause, uh, this was at, at, at that school that we were at together after you left and, uh, was left with a, a largest class, you know, 35 or 40 of, um, you know, very low level kids. And then one of the thing, um, some kids in there who were, you know, just development, developmentally problematic, hmm. um, all kinds of problems in the classroom. And even and there, there may be a, one or other thirty-five. There's maybe one or two what we'd consider ordinary students. I mean, they were, all, they were almost all problem kids, and yeah, they taught me that. They, yeah, what what they were able to do was to uh, write their own write their own dialogue based on a model and memorize it and recite it. And, and they, they liked it, and they loved it. Wow. Um. It, 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 it was, and I was just, I jo- just standing in front of them. My, my jaw just dropped. It's like they're working hard, they're trying hard, and they're enjoying it. And it's like, and but and then at the same time, it's like, well, I don't want to admit to myself that I'm having these kids <laughs> memorize dialogues because that's is, the first. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but okay, it's a great question, right? But you do? but 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 that's what that's they what wanted they, to do. That's what they could do. And they were motivated. Yeah. And one of the kids in that class eventually um, went to the United, went to study in the United States. Well, good for you. He went to study in the United States. He hitchhiked across the United States and did, and studied there. Okay. Well, if the kid hitchhiked across the United States, he's special. <laughs> <laughs> I hitchhiked across the United States a whole lot too. You know, that's right. A, that's right, that's right. a small group of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was special. But. In that class, at the beginning of that class, there was absolutely nothing that I saw that separated okay. him from his criminal okay. brethren. <laughs> okay. But, okay, this brings up the great point. That's really a great thing that you did. Um, it's nice that you talk about it in the hypocrisy lesson, how you mm. tout yourself for doing that. But I think that's a great thing, too, when you read a kid wrong. Mm. Right? You know, it's like, you, th- you know, I pride myself on my ability to assess students. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you realize that the kid you think is unmotivated <laughs> has actually been like listening really carefully, mm-hmm. and you know, and has been bored out of their mind. <laughs> right. Or it's amazing, you know, that you've been boring a student because their level is higher or their level is lower, and you thought that they were, you know, the yeah. Class or you, you peg them under- as shy, and you realize that they don't they don't understand a word you're saying. 
right? Or um, you think that the student is doing well, and then you know you actually go in and listen to what they're doing, and you realize that they're just stringing along a bunch of words that they're not really sure of. But yeah, it's misreading a student. That's one of the. I claim that I have the ability to identify students and you know their strengths and weaknesses, and then to be completely wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the one I hate is when I make students cry. <laughs> you ever done that? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh that is... God. I, I made mean, a kid cry in the first day. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I was in a situation where I asked a question in, in like this kind of interview situation. It's not really a class, but the student just started crying and... Oh, God, I felt, and I'm not being a hypocrite here when I say I really felt bad because, mm. you know, you never want to make somebody cry. Mm. That's just. But then yeah, I, I was, and this, I thought I was being nice. Yeah, but then I go through this point of how could you cry when a professor talks to you? You know, you're 18, 19 years old, right? I understand an elementary school kid crying. You know, then I go through the other side of that. But okay, so misreading classes, we claim to read classes really well. I made wait, just as remembered, I made two kids cry in the first day. Ah, the truth is coming out. Two. There was two. I, I made two st students and one teacher cry on the first day. <laughs> I made a teacher cry the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the thing for me, though, is that, okay, so I know that um, I, I try to be patient, and I think I'm more patient than I am, and I lose my patience, right? You know, I lose it. Um, so I'll go on autopilot when I don't know what to do with classes sometimes. Um, and that has nothing to do with whether they're advanced or low level, I think. Although with the advanced classes, it's really easy just to have a discussion. Right? Oh, yeah. If they're higher yeah, level, yeah, that's yeah. really you're, good. You're, you're, you have so many more options. Right. So what else happens? Let me, I'm trying to think. Where else do I, am I a hypocrite? Well, um, I can, I can, the mea culpa on me is like, you know, obviously I, all the teachers know the importance of review and recycling. Mm. I I suck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really bad at that. Uh, if there's mm. if there's one thing that, I, I, if you know, objectively looking at what I'm doing, if there's one thing that I could improve on, it certainly that would be it. Mm. That's um, funny. That's one of the things I'm actually pretty good at. Students have to get together. Every class begins with a review. Okay, what did we do last week? <laughs> well, I begin class the same way, but that's because I don't remember what we did last <laughs> week. Yes, actually, you know, as I say, right, you know, um, outsource your memory. Outsource your memory, right? But I do begin. And even so, I would argue, Tony, that there's not a problem with that. Mm. Right? It works as a review. Get together with, you know, partners. Let's figure out what were the key points last week. Everybody write a couple of things on the board. So that I'm pretty good at, I think. But I know what you mean, that sometimes it's just it turn, you rush into it because the students don't remember anything because they haven't looked at the notes, right? Mm. They haven't even thought about mm. the class since the last time. Right. And that's a lot. Is that these students take, what do they have? They have like 15 classes uh -huh. a week. Right, of 90 minutes each, and there's no repetition of the classes. Right. It's not like our system where you had the same professor two or three times a week. Yeah, where you expected to learn something. Although I was reading, by the way, changing subjects. I didn't know this. You know that during this whole Penn State scandal mm -hmm. that was going on with Jerry Sardisky? I was reading about Penn State and that they had been expanding and building more classrooms. And the reason was is that they were trying to schedule all their classes for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays so the students could have like four-day weekends. Huh. Huh. 
And of course, I say, that's really not right pedagogically. And then the other part of me is kind of going, God, I want to work at that yeah, school. Yeah, let's get the resume out. <laughs> I'd like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday schedule. So, yeah, I think part of it is that they're taking so many classes. And... But then again, my attitude is this is ah here's the here's the real big hypocrisy, which is that I know for a fact that for many of them, English is not going to make that much of a difference in their life, and then I have to go in and feel like I'm teaching something that's valid and important to them. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because I can't. If I wait, think about it, right? What I'm teaching has absolutely very little worth to X number of students in this classroom. Mm. They're not going to want to speak English. They don't like English. They're going to go on tours when they travel. They're not going to necessarily work in a company that's going to require them to use English, right? Mm. And then you're sitting there trying to be enthusiastic. Oh, ooh, there's a new topic, fake enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another part where I feel like a hypocrite. Yeah, there's a, there's something that, um, and, and getting to this topic, and this is actually probably uh, something for like another episode down wait the road. another episode of hypocrisy uh, <laughs> but, uh, we talked about a little bit about you know difference in, in approaches and things and and um i i guess the, the topic eventually would probably boil down to something like motivation how do you motivate people mm. oh i have a lot to say about that <laughs> yeah it's, it's, there's probably that's enough for a whole thing but um uh what i do what i'm not supposed to do uh is i make it very personal um and it's something that um I've only seen to, to the degree that I do, and he is a, is a one other guy who's no longer in Japan. He went back to Australia, but he, um, even to a greater extent than I did, um, what we do to to get by, to make things work, to get the kids to do what they should need to do, what we want them to do, um, we make it very very personal to get to the point. It's like, well, yeah, if you get the kids to like you, um, then they'll do anything. For you, it doesn't. Then you get you sidestep the whole question about the validity of English or the importance of it or the need of it. it. Doesn't matter. They're doing it for Joe. They're doing it for Bill. They're doing it for Tony. Um, well, what do you mean when you say you get personal? Um, I make it the class. They're doing when they're doing their work. They're doing it for me. Okay, make so that, they're doing. They're, they're, it's a personal favor. How do you for get them me. to do that? How do you get them? Make that concrete for me. Uh, it's a long, long process. Um, part of it's pretending like I know their names when I look at this <laughs> But um, um, no, you, it's, uh, it's a long, all build, different built, small, big building blocks uh, of the teacher-student relationship where, you know, you, you, I think you talked about like walking around the room. Yeah, walk around the room eye to eye. Um very person to person is that I, I, I'd like you to do this. Hmm. Okay. You know, and you know, separate them from the, and you know, big key in Japan, right? Separating them from the group. They're not part of the class anymore. It's, it's Momoko or Hideki or whoever it is. It's like, it's Tony and Hideki. It's like, listen, Hideki, please do this for me. So you'll actually say that. Yeah. Yeah. If I need to. I don't. Mm. I don't often, but because you're just such of, a good teacher, <laughs> just, and you have such a great no, personality that everybody Cause, just cause loves you. Most of the students are not that bad, but yeah, um, right, right. you don't need to resort to that. But in, as a general principle, um, yeah, there the classroom becomes this. It's a different kind of relationship. Um, 
that is supposed to be irrelevant or not supposed to be done. It's like, yeah, it's like, it should be the reason that they're doing it should all be external and or, or personal to them. Think it's not your teacher's not supposed to do that. I do that. I don't know about that. I mean, I'm pretty personal. Like, I think almost every student knows the name of my wife and my daughter and my dog. No, they love. Oh, yeah, they love hearing about your personal right. life. Yeah, sure. I do that. I always tell them, you know, that my daughter does this, my daughter does that, and um, and you know, that's that's an that's part of it. Is you know, I is the act part, right? The acting part, the persona of being the teacher, right? Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I approach it trying to make it personal, but sometimes it's just. You know, going back to trying to admit the things that I say or we say, right? <laughs> you and I both do, and what we say is, you know, I do all those things. Um, I have the little bag of tricks in my hand. Like, for example, I do this really on Halloween, before Halloween. I have this uh, the ghost with the bloody finger story that involves sound effects. And I use, I turn the lights on, off, on and off in the room to imitate lighting. And I've got it down with, you know, all these little um, nuances and little things to tell the story. And, you know, you're really trying to do that. And then you get no reaction sometimes, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm sweating I'm from this. That. I'm running across the room to do this and it's dramatic. Um, I used to show up as Santa Claus during Christmas and give out candy to classes. Um, when and I stopped, this? I stopped doing that. Yeah. When, when was this? Was this? Oh, bef before you and I probably met, this was uh -huh. from about 19. I think I bought my that. first Santa Claus. Well, this is, this is like my first Santa <laughs> Claus. <laughs> I am visualizing this. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I think you, you, you probably see me as some really serious guy and I'm, I'm actually kind of a funny, goofy guy in the classroom. Hmm. Um, and, I had a Santa Claus outfit, and then after a while, you know, it just, I lost that, um, you know, that that fun part, right? Yeah. You know, when you start off and you really are energetic, and I remember... Oh, you're younger. You're younger. Well, okay, and, I don't want to... And, and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and This innocent. is about hypocrisy. I'm, okay, I'm still young, and I still have the <laughs> same amount of energy. And, and next, same... and next you're going to tell me you're innocent. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty until proven innocent, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... <clears throat> You know, I think that's also a claim. Sometimes I, I see myself, I lie to myself that, yeah, I'm just as enthusiastic. I'm just as energetic in the classroom. Um, I'm just as positive. And I know that that's just not true. I mean, I don't want to admit it, but I know that there are certain things that a student can, you know, it's like, you know, do you know that situation where you start off at a school one, you know, you're, you're teaching at school. It's the first class of the semester. And within like 25 seconds, one student has just managed to like push all, <laughs> yank your chain and push all your buttons. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it used to be that I could ignore it or I could be calm and not care. Mm. And now, you know, and I always say, yes, again, I'm a caring person and I'm patient. But now I'll actually, you know, I've actually walked up to the student and say, listen, if this is how you're going to be the rest of the year... Or the rest of the semester, please, you know, take another teacher's class. I don't think I have that, you know, understanding and caring and patience to bring along the troublemaker anymore, which I think I used to when I started teaching. But I'm not you? sure. I'm not sure that what you just described is maybe not something that you've learned because it actually is the more effective way to deal with the problem. Well, that's how I rationalize it. I was tr I'm was i simply digging deep into my heart, Tony, to find minor examples of hypocrisy <laughs> here because, of course, there's not very many for myself. But sure. you understand. Yeah. You know, I, that's – of course, that's the rationale. 
right? Mm. Is that, yes, it's more efficient. It's better for that student and for me, for that person right away to find a teacher who doesn't care if they spend their time looking out the window, not doing their activities, who thinks the kid thinks he's going to pass because he comes to class every day. Please mm. take a teacher who will pass you. Mm. rather than you know frustrate me and frustrate yourself yeah. but i still feel bad that you know instead of saying hey come on stay focused you know there's a good chance you know be positive right well i guess just maybe, you know, hitting on something there maybe uh the the thing that we're um kind of rolling back in the, the ball that we're rolling back and forth on, on this issue is that it was what you just said about feeling bad about it you know we all lose our temper. We all um, bail on, on the rest of the lesson and revert to some, you know, ta put them on task. And so you don't <laughs> have to exert any more energy into, into that 90-minute period. Um, you have the problem student. You say, okay, listen, the door is right there and make your choice. Um, we, I think we all, all end up in those situations and at those points. Um, I think maybe the, the key is here that we feel bad about it. And for some people, they just don't. Yeah, I've met those teachers. And I kind of envy them. Well, must be. <laughs> you know, I, I taught a crap class, right? You walk out of class knowing that you wasted their time and you wasted your own time and you feel bad, right? Mm. And there are teachers I know who just, okay, well, you know, that didn't go well, so I'll just move on to the next lesson. I don't know. I, I, but I, right, yeah, I feel bad. And I guess I relate to other teachers who feel bad when they don't do well. Mm. Like, I remember the story one teacher was talking about. They were playing some game in class or something, and mm. one student wasn't paying attention during the game, so the teacher wadded up a piece of paper and threw the paper at the student, and it hit him in their eye. Ooh. And the student had to go off to the nurse, because, you know, because their eye kind of got, like, you know, hurt or scratched yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And the person was telling this without, like, any remorse. Oh. I was like, they didn't even feel bad. It's like, yeah, well, you know, they, they you know, I said, well, you hit, you hurt the student's eye. And he says, well, she wasn't paying attention. It's like, what? <laughs> ah. Oh, but those oh, I feel bad about some, this kid I hurt in 1996. It must've been 1997. Must've. Yeah. I mean, I could still remember the kids I made cry. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, or, uh, you know, where I said the, did I ever tell you about this? What this was, oh. I stopped asking this question. I used to start classes by saying, tell me about the best thing that's happened in your life and the worst thing that's happened in your life, right? Hmm. So we're going around the class and the student says the best thing and then the student says, okay, the worst thing that happened in my life was my mother died last week. It's the last time I ever asked that question. I was going to say, when you said it, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This shows you how like, stupid whoa. I am. But you know, of course, I was in the beginning of my Japan career. Right? Uh -huh, I thought somebody uh -huh. was going to say, oh, I missed the final shot of the game. Right, right. You know how right, you know, right, people right, are, right, you know, right, that right. they usually don't give you personal information. Yeah, they're not going to say the worst thing. No one's right. going to Of say course, the worst nobody thing. ever says the worst thing. This one student <laughs> said the worst thing. I still remember that student's name. I still remember that student's face, right? Mm. And I still, I think I still shudder when I think about it. Mm. Yeah, I'm not oh. surprised. So, okay, so, yeah, so at least we feel, okay, that's a good justification, rationalization. When I screw up or when I phone it in or I'm on autopilot, I feel bad. The, the usefulness of guilt. Yes, the gift, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> okay, so what about, um, you know, here's the other thing is I, I pride myself on my ability to time my lessons. 
right? That mm-hmm. I, I can know exactly what to do with the 90-minute lesson. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do when it's 70 minutes <laughs> or 65 minutes the students have finished? Mm. Right? Should you let them go? I don't or feel because I, you've accomplished what you've set out to accomplish. All yeah, the goals but, the it depends on the class, but you know, I don't feel bad whatsoever. Especially if if the kids have uh, done a real done really well, um, I have no problem cutting them loose. And would you know, again in that situation where the kids have done really well, say okay, we're finished. Um, as often as not, kids will hang around just to talk, hmm. and they'll talk in English. Um, hmm. That happened to me yesterday. Because um, oh, we were had, teaching we had a, on a holiday day, we, it was a it was a holiday. But then it's it's funny the kids just accepted it. You know they don't they, they don't complain about it at all. Um, and they had a test. At least they don't complain to you. Yeah, and the test the test finished, and um, so, you know so you know you can leave when you're finished. And some kids did, and some kids handed in their paper, and we were talking there until after the end of the period. Well, that's always nice, though. When yeah. Oh, it was a fan- <laughs> nothing better. Okay, I thought we were talking about hypocrisy, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I don't know that I would admit. You know, you, again, it's like, it's like, well, yeah, letting kids go early. It's like, well, I'm, yeah, I don't, I have no problem with that. Um, on the other hand, um, classes that um, uh, need more work, they need a little more improvement, or from the, the devil's point, don't deserve to get out early. Um, no, you, can, you either can, can try to give them homework that they can begin on early, uh, or um, you know, you just pull out one of your little word games, you know, like hangman, right. hangman, or you know, word scramble and stuff. And there's, I mean, there's always something you can fill in the last last ten or fifteen minutes. But again, what you said before, if they've done everything, if, if mission accomplished, well, why? You know, and they did it well. Let them go. Yeah, you see, I I really agree with that. And then Mm. I find myself depending on how confident I feel at the school. Yeah, that too. Right? That that really determines whether I let the students go. Mm. And Mm. I know that there are some places where I've taught where they absolutely trusted me. Mm. In fact, I remember one time where I was working for the the first real um, kind of junior college job I got. And I worked there for a long time. And one day I just had a class and I realized I was going to explode at them. Mm-hmm. And this is like mid, I don't know. Do you remember mid nineties in Japan when I think this is when the, the children of the, the, the bubble children kind of came into the 18 year to 22 year old sure. mark. Sure. You know, the, they were raised by really spoiled parents who had like, sure. not, you remember, you know, sure. it was like a sudden change in what it meant to teach in Japan. Yeah. And I had a class when I just, I don't know how otherwise to describe them as like spoiled brats. Yeah, yeah, that whole wave of entitlement. Right, right. It was a wave of entitlement. You know, students who, one time I remember a student turned to me and says, the only reason you're teaching here is because you, you're you a native speaker. You couldn't get this job based on qualifications or something. I was like, whoa, you know, okay, all right. Uh, anyway, I had a class like that, you know, just, and I walked out of the class because I knew I was going to completely lose. I said, class is finished. I will see you next week. And I went down to the head of the program. And said, look, I'm sorry, I cut my class at 40 minutes because I realized I was going to, you know, lose my cool with them. And the person just said, you know, we trust you. Don't worry about it. Thank you for telling us. And then there are other places where that would be unacceptable, yeah, right? They'd be yeah, all over you, yeah, yeah. right? And so I think I'd like to think that I'm independent. And I don't care what people think and um, I'm autonomous, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I, I actually, I hate myself for this, but I will weigh 
even if I think, oh, yeah, mission accomplished, right? We accomplished everything. These students deserve. They worked hard for an hour and, you know, 10 minutes or something. You know, really busted themselves, you know, busted yeah, yeah. their backs to and sweated to get something done. They deserve a reward of an early class finished. Hmm. And I won't do it hmm. because I think, uh, you know, there's some people in this school who would really come down on me for that. I, I, I understand that. And, but I don't uh, like myself for that. Yeah, I really, well, but you can't, you can't, you really I know, can't it's a reality of it. life. You can't help it. And uh, I'm, I'm lucky in that I don't think that I teach anywhere where that would be an issue. I think every place that I'm working at. Um, it would. I don't. I don't think it would be questioned, or if it was questioned, they would accept my explanation. Right. But however, I have worked in places that I, I know. Right. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and I'm saying most of these also. If the people know you for a long time, yeah, right, and they know that you're doing a good job, then you get away with it. <laughs> well, but it you know, the, yeah, well, it didn't matter at this school. But well, I mean, so that's like the, exactly it. There are schools where it doesn't matter yeah. that you do a good job. The only thing they know. Right, yeah. is that the class starts at yeah. nine and it finishes at ten thirty? Yeah. But if other teachers, you know, the full time teachers don't do that, oh. that's not a problem, right? Right. Ah, oh, there's a great thing there, right? Is it's amazing. I, I find that it's not the part time teachers who let their students go early, or or begin twenty minutes late. Right, 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 right. You know, no, because we've got something to lose. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's you who pointed that out, right? It was a great. That when you have um, those evaluation forms that students fill out, uh -huh. and that when the question comes, the teacher starts and ends the class on time, that that's a spy question. Yeah, yeah sure. Right? That has nothing to do with the teacher. They're using that to find out whether or not you're on time. So, yeah. So finishing early, I hate it when I don't make a decision that is based on the class itself and the students involved and mm. instead i'm just worried about how an administrative person mm. or you know would make that decision and I, I i envision myself as being somebody who says no i do the right thing all the time mm. you know that's also it's a good thing you know i am what about doing the right thing right those situations where sometimes you know you're really torn what's the right thing to do here mm. you know well, I think if you, I think if you get to the point where you're thinking about the right thing to do and you're torn by it, I think you're already doing the right thing. Yeah, well, that's I mean, like, you, you can make a mistake, but that's a mistake. It's not um, an intentional foul. Okay, but that's kind of like somebody when um, <laughs> I used to be in my party mode, and they said, "Well, if you ask yourself whether you're drinking too much, you're probably not." <laughs> and I said, "I don't know about that. I don't know if that actually holds water, but." Yeah, I, like I think it, though I like it. Okay, but you know, I want you know, it it is true though. I I guess I tend to feel bad. I think you do too hmm. when we do something wrong, right? And we're not Based, being hypocritical about this. That I think is yeah, exactly. Um but I do really suffer when I watch people who just don't feel bad about stuff. Hmm. You know, that they don't mind that they hurt a student's feelings or that they, you know, failed a student or they're at you know, the people who um uh, you know, they won't be flexible and they won't bend for a student, right? The student got a 59, right? Uh-huh. And it's like, nope, the spreadsheet kicked out a 59, right? And I do that too sometimes, right? And that, you know, honestly too, it really depends. You know, but, you, but you think about it and you, oh. and, and you, I mean, you, you, you trouble yourself over it. You try to make the right say, okay, does it, it's justified, unjustified. You think about it and... If you're going to fail the kid, you probably still even even if you want the kid to fail, you know, <laughs> you really you know you really don't want the kid to pass, you, you probably still feel bad about it. Yeah, 
Okay. So I think we've, we should make this a short episode <laughs> because yeah, we have good. such little hypocrisy. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you think that, you know, you, you should, um, well, you as, a, as a last as thing, <laughs> I have, I have a whistle. In fact, I have two whistles. Yeah. I have two whistles. The whistles that get blown when I can't control my class. Really? Yeah. Well, I can't say I can't control, but uh, rather than uh, talk louder, rather than start to lose my temper, temper. Five-yard penalty on the <laughs> We've <bears>. got the <laughs> whistle. <laughs> and it's a tension getter. And you feel that that's a hip- hypocritical, or it's, it's a oh, it's not something I would. It's not, well, it's something you don't. Actually, you're, yeah. you're not. You know, I'm happy to admit. I'm right? teaching at a university. And <laughs> I'm teaching at a university, and, and I have to blow a whistle to get my class under control. I have two whistles. That one is like the, that sports whistle, and another one is a train whistle from Wisconsin. How does that sound? Do you have that handy? I got it here. Just give me a second. Yeah, let's hear, hear that. that. A train whistle from Wisconsin sounds different from a train whistle from Illinois. Well, it's a train museum in Wisconsin, so. You might be actually an old whistle. It sounds like a train whistle. That's like one of those all aboard. (laughs) That sounds like a Thomas train thing. (laughs) There you go. So, okay. I'm well equipped. Actually, that's a really good thing is, you know, to talk about the fact that there's just times where you do lose control of your class. Yeah. yeah, you got to have these you know little tricks, right? You need to carry the whistle around. You can always have a, uh, a few uh, few dice in your bag. Pull out the dice for you know different games and things. So huh. I always just write if I lose control of the class and they don't have focus, I just write test on the board. <laughs> <laughs> and that gets their attention really quickly. Test and then question number one. And yeah, so sometimes yeah, but I think most of the time I don't lose control of class. I mean, it's hard I think to lose control of a class. Well, yeah, yeah I'm not saying that I'm losing control. It's just I know a, what you at mean. At a certain though, yeah. point, it's like, uh, you know, like I said, you're younger, you're not, you don't have the experience. Like, yeah, you keep pouring more energy, more energy into it, and it's like, and at this point, it's like, I can't afford that energy. I'm gonna pull out the whistle. Okay, okay, I want to. C- do you mind if we continue a little longer? Because I really want to talk about what I think is truly the great, my greatest hypocrisy. Go. And this is a real admission, and I'm struggling <laughs> with this now because this is totally politically uncor- incorrect, I think, which is the attitude that every student can succeed. Oh. You know that one? Um, yeah, but I don't know that anyone believes that. But that seems... I don't know. That I mean, seems... it might, a lot of people might say it. I don't know that anybody. This is, really but I'm just. That's why I want to bring this one up. Okay. For example, I know for a fact that um, I will never be a perfectly fluent Japanese speaker. I don't. My brain does not. I can get by in Japanese comfortably, right? But uh, for example, I took a year and a half or two years in high school of German. Mm -hmm. And I took my first trip to Europe like four years later. Mm. And within three or four months, I was just speaking German and I was almost fluent. Mm. Right. Whereas I've been in Japan for years. In other words, I think that you're not, you're you're not alone, Charles. I'm not alone. You are not (laughs) alone in the universe. Dun, 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 dun. There's a lot of, a lot of us in this little boat here. Well, this goes back. Well, this goes back. There's this thing, which is, I remember where I was arguing that expecting, right? Because we, we approached the teaching thing, right? With the goal of almost every class is almost near native fluency is what people are trying to achieve. Right. 
and we've broken it down. It's been changing to communicative competence, right, et cetera. Um, but, you know, some students just are not going to get it. Look, I do not have, like, the greatest athletic ability. There is just no way that I am ever going to have, like, a negative handicap in golf, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, it's just no matter how hard I work. It's not going to happen. And this attitude that every student can succeed in a given subject, I think, is just something that is not true. I, and I, a lot of, of people say it, and I, they, it seems to me that they truly believe it. And then I start feeling really guilty as a teacher because I look at the student and I go, okay, you're just not going to get it. So let's figure out what's the minimum you can achieve that is right for you. Well, right? I, I guess see, that's where I'm going with this. It's like, well... Okay, yeah, every student can can succeed. You just got to work on your definition of success. Oh, and, well, that's um, kind of wishy-washy, well, don't you it, think? Well, it, it is, but I think, no, that's but I think gooey. it's absolutely that's realistic. Gooey. No, it's absolutely realistic. It's like, yeah, um, on, like you talk about this goal of community competence or near fluency. I don't have, I, I entertain no such fantasy. I think the kids in my class will, most of them will not. Some of them, unless they walk in that way. My hope, my definition of success is they're better at the end than at the beginning. Period. Okay, but if I haven't hurt them, <laughs> if they're not any worse, I'm fine. Okay, but I'm just saying, as 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 um, let's say as a language teacher, I mean, it's different mm -hmm. in my content based classes. Okay, then I know that. But yeah, I'm just saying that that's something I really struggle with. Is that there's a part of me that deep inside says, "Damn it, every human being has the possibility to succeed." Every you know of my students, if I were good enough. Right. If I were a good enough teacher, if I were committed enough, if I were putting in enough time, if I had enough talent, if I had enough insight, I could get every student to somehow succeed. And then the other part of me goes, oh, that's just a crock. You know, just in the same way that I would never be able to play Division 17, you know, <laughs> basketball. Right. There's just I think I'd, when people say that and I go back and forth and I feel. You know, that's just something we have to deal with, which is that some it's like, you know, you know, those people who are the hot, the hotshot mechanics, the kids in high school mm -hmm. back in the days when there was auto shop. Yep, yep. And they understood those cars. They could listen to an engine and tell you exactly is wrong. And they go, do you hear that? And you'd go, what? And then the attitude would be, well, if you teach the person right and you bring them along after a while, they will, ha you know, I will have the same level of expertise is this person, correct? And that's just not true, I think. And that's something I think that has to be dealt with, right? Is that we're teaching language to every kid across the board, and the reality of it is is that a lot of them are not going to get it in the same way that I'm just not going to get higher-level math, right? Yeah, and yeah, I agree with you, too. But it's I, never... It's, you know, I'm I would just stop, stop worrying about it. It's, <laughs> okay, it's thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, and... uh, yeah, I agree, and I stop worrying about it. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, no. You, I, yeah, you can't. It, it, that's, you can't. Just like you said, you, you know, playing basketball, concert pianist, fluency in Japanese. None of those things are going to happen for you or for me. They're just not. It, it's not going to happen and okay. for a lot of our students. Um, it's not going to happen. Number one, uh, in order for that to happen, the kid has got to want it, and a lot of them don't want it. Even if you and the kid have that as a goal, remember we go back to walking on water. Not only is it you and the kid, but you've got a whole system working against achieving that goal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You've got a, a class that meets once a week, fifteen times. Um, sorry. Okay. You, there's but, there's there's only so much you can do, and to to think that um, the the fact that a couple of the kids in your class or eight, half of your class doesn't get to the uh, desired goal by the end of the semester is no black mark. I don't I don't see that. Okay. It, it, I guess the hypocrisy is my inability to see <clears throat> what I really see and admit it and just kind of admit that, you know, to some, to a large degree, I have no effect on people's lives. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think adjust, I'm adjusting your goals, <laughs> not throwing them out the window. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I come from a very humanistic, I think, um, tradition of teaching. I started by working in a peer counseling program and working with the at, you know, a lot of at risk students. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I have that attitude, you know, trying to save things. But it's, you know, it's interesting because what a lot of people don't understand is that at risk is a very precise definition. That means that you're working with the students who are have a chance of moving into the dropout area, mm-hmm. right? The range of students who exhibit behaviors and, and, you know, have actions that will cause them to drop out. But... You know, I think it's what you said. You know, there's people who, no matter what, you know, as I say, it, or not as you say, as I say, there are students that no matter what we do as teachers, they are going to learn. Correct. I really believe that, right? You could put and them in a, a class with the that's worst a good teacher. Thing. Yes. yes. And then I, you know, as there are some students who it's just, you know, a classroom is not the place for them to be learning. Right. You know, that's just, it's not right for them. And then there's the other group. So, you know, I kind of, you know, the hypocrisy I guess I'm talking about here is that I feel that I should be able to save every kid, so oh. to speak. And then there's a part of me that knows that's not true. And I think I'm a hypocrite from both sides, if yeah, that makes the sense. The catcher in the rice syndrome, eh? Oh, remind everybody what the catcher in the rice syndrome is. Oh, the catcher. Well, I just made it up. But the catcher in the rice. <laughs> I don't know that it's an actual syndrome. It's a great book, the by the way. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a great little label. It's like, yeah, but there's another word for it. What is it? Catch twenty two. Savior complex is that is what it is? Savior complex. Savior redemptor. Rede- Wait. I don't know. It's one of those. It's one of those. But yeah, the uh, delusion that you can save the world, that you, you can do everything, that you can save everybody, like Holden Caulfield and Catcher in the Rye. That yeah, he'd stand there in the in the field and catch the little kids from going, catch them all from before they would fall off the cliff. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm just kind of the, I feel like I'm the crossing guard at the Lemming Crossing. <laughs> stop, go, stop. Some go, are going to get by. You just got to accept some, that. Right, but you're still going over the cliff. Yeah, I think so, you know, kind of wrapping this up, I think that the the ability, though, really to talk about these things, right, as savior complex. I think to some degree every teacher has a savior complex, don't you think? No, I have to be. Yeah. Right. You you go into the field. How else do you walk in the class? Yeah. You're right. You know, and the idea that you know that I'm gonna the 90 minutes you're about to we're about to experience together you're gonna experience with me is going to be a life changing 90 minutes. And yes, it's going to be the most boring 90 minutes of my week. Yeah, you've got it. At some point, you've got to somehow believe that in order to be credible to pull. And again, I talked about what I did you know, in getting them to do. It's like yeah, you've got to somehow spread that feeling of enthusiasm and fun in order to pull them along. Otherwise, if you're bored and if you come in with a, with a hopeless attitude, I mean, they're going to, they're going to pick that up and you're yeah. going to be nowhere. 
Yes. Well, most of the time, fortunately, I don't go into a hopeless attitude. But sometimes, you know, sometimes yeah, you do. Yeah, where you know you've got to fake it. Yep, some days. Some days are like other days. <laughs> yes. And some days are less like other days. That's right. Okay. So I think we've covered it. It would be interesting to hear from our listeners what you think about this rather personal, I think, mm. pretty much our most personal talk yet, kind of giving away our inner secrets and our inner fears. We're uh, two teachers talking at gmail.com if you'd like to drop us a line. And the website is two teachers talking.com. Here we go. And we're on iTunes, two teachers talking. Actually, though, for this episode, you might want to look up two hypocrites. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're getting pretty close. We're coming up to holiday season in holiday. a few weeks. Oh, there's a, which which whistle was that? That was the that the was lame the, whistle. That was the train whistle. That was the train whistle. <laughs> Having trouble there, Tony. It sounds a little wheezy to me. Yeah, I didn't want to blow out the people's ears there. Okay, and so I think we can wind this one down. Here we go. All right. So, uh, t- I'm now going to grade papers, Tony. Talk about. <laughs> No, actually not. I'm going to spend some time with my daughter right now. I'm going to make tests. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah, I'm really going to make a test. Uh, what kind of test are you making? Yeah, reading tests. i got to make three by Wednesday. Three by Wednesday? So you'll make how many today? I'll make all three today. And then you'll... Because i got other stuff to do tomorrow, too. For the other days. <laughs> yes, i got a it, bunch of other it's stuff busy. to do. But I'm going to take a break after this. Good. Okay, so we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Charles Wiz. And Tony Silva. We're two teachers talking. And we hope to hear from you, and we hope that you'll look forward to our next episode. 